Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble like my friend, Neely Piazza. Hello, my friend. Hi, y'all. How you doing? I'm good. You're always good. (laughs) You're good for the people. You're good for the pets. You're just all around good. Hey, what are you finding out in homeopathy? It works. Personal success story. Oh, good. Let's hear. Okay. So, you know, I've been having trouble with Mabel's teeth for a while, right? And Mabel Um, is your how old corgi? uh, Mabel's 13. 13. All righty. This is how, and let me, let me set this up for people um, as to how this happened. And Some people may not believe it, but, you know, this is what happened and this is why. Take it or leave it. Um, (laughs) So remember when we went to Louisiana to pick up Reva and we took Mabel and Hazel? Yes. And it was in the it was uh, in the summer. Well, in the summer, it was in September, I think. And uh, we came we came home with fleas. Right. So I, I was still at the kennel then. And so I uh, asked Natessa to give Mabel a bath to get, you know, to wash the fleas off. And um, so she gave her a, um, all the shampoos we used there were basically natural. They weren't like the, you know, super organic high quality stuff, but they were, you know, non-scented, um, basically, mostly decent ingredient stuff but she used the uh, flea shampoo mm-hmm. and uh you know how i am with smells and i couldn't get within 10 feet of her without gagging so I'm like okay you got to wash that off do something <laughs> wash her again get that smell off and so she did so mabel who you know never gets a bath unless she rolls in poop or something got mm-hmm. two baths in the same day well, so her with soap, usually if they even if they do get a bath, it's like just with water. And if with her, it was always if she she likes to roll and poop. So she might get soaked where the poopy part was. But that was it. Um, so her skin biome was totally stripped. And within a couple of weeks, she was itching like crazy and had hot spots. Mm-hmm. So. I went through rebuilding that. So we went through all kinds of stuff trying to, to get that cleared up and rebuilding that. Next thing I know, she has rotten teeth. Mm. I mean, out of the blue. Her teeth have always been fine. And out of the blue, all this happening within a couple months of each other, her teeth were went bad. I'm like, holy crap. So about that point, you know, we had uh, anesthesia-free uh, 
tooth or teeth cleaning group that came once a month or whatever, but they, um, the vet had been in an accident and they quit coming. So I had nobody to take her to, to do that. So I was kind of halfway on the look for another one. And I finally got her into one and her teeth were so loose, they wouldn't do her. So I'm like, mm. holy crap. So here I'm thinking, I'm going to have to take her to the, I'm going to have, I'm going to freaking have to take her to the vet. And we all know how hard it is to get, if you're not already in, to get in with one, right? Uh And uh, I was like, she wouldn't let me scrape them myself because it was too painful. And so all this while I'm looking up what to do and what kind of what kind of supplement what kind of homeopathy yada 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 so i got a seaweed um plaque supplement that actually one of my clients told me about i was i had seen it but they mentioned it said that they used it and it actually worked i'm like really okay well i'll try it i mean what can it hurt right and um i had talked to my study group a couple times about it and so i put together this homeopathic concoction that's got about five different remedies on it for you know for um for bone for infection for uh plaque and then there's another one that um um just kind of as a as a side effect has been shown to knock plaque off Mm -hmm. so i put this concoction together and put it in a, a water dose in a bottle and um been giving her that mostly every day and doing the um supplement so i've been working on this for mm, three or four months ish give or take Mm -hmm. and every every week or two i'll lift her lip and look at her mouth and see how she's doing and her mouth smelt like you know it smelt like something crawled up in there and died and was um putrefying and i noticed that her breath wasn't as bad so i i and the you know just within the last two weeks has been a dramatic shift her teeth are almost clean her gums are pink instead of they were like bright cherry red with the with the you know the line all the way around and all that the inflammation line and her teeth were black the the molars were the front ones were fine but the molars were black and now i i also started giving her um more bone more often giving her duck feet more often and yeah. and she'll like she'll eat it on the side she could chew on so I always watch her when she eats it and she's gotten not quite so careful as to which side she chews on. But so on the bad side, it's still, she's still got plaque, a decent amount of plaque at the right around the gum line, but her gums are pink. They're not inflamed anymore. She, her breath doesn't smell bad. So let me open her mouth and it's like 85% improved from what it was when I started. And that's all without any physical scaling or anything. So, wow. how long did that take? I it's been a while, but 
three to four ish months. So that is really what trips people up with homeopathy, isn't it? It is the yeah. long. It, it is the time frame, and then if you jump the gun, right? If you jump the gun and go back to the traditional way, well, you might get some band aid results. Yeah, but you're not yeah. going to get long term. Uh, you're not going to get really long term. And think about it. This is like this is like um, plaque and calculus on teeth, right? This is not even that I didn't use anything, any physical cleaning or anything. And it was bad enough that I actually made an appointment with her at the emergency vet in Loveland at the dental specialist, and they told me, you know, my estimate was three to five thousand dollars. What? And you know, I was gonna do it because I could tell it was painful. Three to five thousand, but yeah, yeah, our our dental stuff's expensive. And um, I kept thinking about it and kept thinking about it, and I was like, every time I every time I do this, I regret it. Every time I do this, I regret it. And then you know, I got hurt and. I, that was just enough of a push to cancel that appointment. So I canceled the appointment and now I've had this much improvement. So that's amazing. Yeah. So even I fall into, into that trap of, oh my gosh, I have to go to the vet, but, but, but. So I, I, I would imagine that it, it, it is somewhat difficult for you as it is for me when you've spent a lot of time. Uh, obviously, you and I have done uh, a lot of consultations. We spend a lot of time with people and then it just kind of gets thrown by the wayside because the traditional way comes back. Yeah, they they freak they get scared about something or they lose patience or they get convinced somebody convinces them and then you know it it but I'm telling you it's, it's never the answer it just is never or it's never the only answer In my opinion it's pretty much never the right answer either but I'm yeah. a little extreme when I'm a little extreme there, but you know, I mean, if you can, it, it, this is, I mean, we're talking about rotten teeth with plaque mm-hmm. that diet and homeopathy has made an 85% improvement. And I didn't have to put her through surgery. I didn't have, I mean, she'd have been under general anesthesia. She's 13 years old. She has, she has an issue with her throat from when she was a puppy. She got attacked when she's a puppy, and I was terrified to have her intubated. Um, because of that, and so, you know, you know what? What is it about homeopathy that makes it work? I mean, what what is it that you see now that you've been working so much with that that is so valid? Well, basically, um, people argue with it, but this is the way this is the way I see it. 
everything is frequency and everything in the body is frequency. Everything resonates with something. Um, and you know, homeopathy is, is diluted and succussed to the point where there's really not any of the original, um, substance remaining in the preparation. So it's all, um, it's all like, uh, an essence or a frequency or whatever, however you want to look at it, of the original substance. So anything that is a, um, a toxin in its gross form is diluted down so much that all that's left is the um, frequency or energetic of it, however, however you kind of want to picture it. So you, you introduce that frequency to the body and it resonates differently and changes the body's reaction. So a body is capable of healing anything. Even cancer. Oh yeah. Cancer is not even what they tell you it is anyway. So, but yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, sometimes, I mean, you know, you can be to the point where you're so compromised and so weak and, you know, the, the vital force or chi or prana or whatever you want to call it is so, um, pushed down and exhausted that it may not be able to bounce back, but, um, you know, if you're at that point, conventional medicine isn't going to do anything for you either. Right. You know, Dr. Jason and I were talking about cancer, about how crazy it is that you, in chemotherapy, kill off all of your natural um, killer cells, you kill off your neutrophils, you kill off all of your white blood cells, then actually their purpose is to go in and eat up bad bacteria and eat up inflammation and all that kind of stuff. And when you go that traditional route, you are killing off those white blood cells. Now there are people who go in for chemotherapy and who say, well, yes, it's killed my white blood cells, but they're going to give me some sort of shot injection that's going to help revitalize those blood cells i'd really like to see the science on that because how how does that work does that really work no right chemotherapy doesn't work radiation therapy doesn't work the whole the whole cancer um um uh, paradigm is not well i don't think i want to go there but it's it's not what you think it is and it's not none of no conventional if if you're treated for cancer conventionally and you recover it's in spite of not because of you know everything that we do is trying to change that paradigm that that narrative i was talking with brian and and he was telling me that um Kimberly Gaithier, you may have heard this on her podcast. She was talking to somebody who actually there's there's some sort of formulation out there where you can plug stuff in and see where your, you know, vitamins and minerals are. But anyway, um, her vet had said, all you need to do is, you know, feed chicken and rice. 
and uh, because she was feeding raw. And so she basically did this comparison for him. And even though he saw the holes in what he was recommending, he basically said, um, if you continue to feed raw, I'm not going to um, be your vet anymore, to which I would have said, thank God, and gone and got me a different vet. But uh, I just found that fascinating that even in spite, uh, even in light of documentation that would show them that what they're recommending is sphincter food and sphincter knowledge, um, they, they're not going to change their stance. It's really difficult for them. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, and? <laughs> well, I, you know, and to the opposite, I guess people could say that of me too, because, you know, there's, there's studies out there that, that quote unquote show that kibble is better and all that. But I mean, where? Nobody's I, ever going to, nobody's ever going to make me believe that. I, well, I don't know. what. Where would you see that? Okay. So I went, uh, so Su uh, Susan Thixton site and I was looking at, cause I, I remember I put this information in a video that I did and I was just talking about this on the last two podcasts that 98% of all of the recalls that have been out there, Niels, have been from kibble fed dogs or been in oh, the yeah. kibble food, sorry, kibble food. Um, Recalls with with actual sick or dead dogs, right? And yeah, like zero point zero two percent in the raw community, and that is from no sick dogs at all. Right. And exactly. yet, we could take that information to the vets, and they still wouldn't care. Yeah, they wouldn't believe us. And I, I mean, I'm like, all right, well, I don't know how many of you have to go through the heartache of these awful cancers before maybe you might look in another direction. I, 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 I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes do you get depressed? Sometimes I get depressed. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it's totally, <laughs> it's totally depressing that, um, well, the lady that I talked to today, she adopted a pup, a puppy from a rescue and it was four months old and it got all its shots and spayed and all that stuff. And, um, she's, she, she's a homeopathy student now. So, you know, th this, but this was before, um, and this puppy had, well, they were going to board it. So it got a whole nother round of shots and rabies shots and, um, heart, heartworm stuff and then it got brevecto and all this other stuff and and she, you know, i mean she figured it out relatively quickly compared to most people i mean within the first year she was like wait this is the this messed up and she's <laughs> she when when she took her dog to the vet and they prescribed it prozac because it was itching she said okay i'm done she said i didn't give it the prozac and i went and found a holistic vet and so, you know, it, it only took a um, little less than a year for all of this stuff to come full circle for her. And she's like, okay, there's definitely something wrong with this. But even the holistic vet had had given her, you know, 
low-dose steroids here and there, which makes things worse, too. But, I mean, I get it. Sometimes you're in such a such a quandary that you don't know what to do and you have to, like, get some relief to even step back and be able to think about things clearly, you know. But it, 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 and now this dog is so reactive to everything that um it's it's almost hard to know where to start i mean we talked about diet and she was doing a great job there we tweaked a few things and you know looked at it a little energetically and and switched a couple of proteins around and things like that but it was minimal tweaking to her diet um and the only reason we did that was because this dog was so re- just so miserable, you know. A um, relatively normal dog, it would have been would have been perfectly good. Um, and so we introduced a couple of homeopathic protocols for a couple of specific things, and then we're going to reevaluate and go deeper in a couple of weeks, but there's a few acute things that are going on right now that she wanted to address first. So, but you know, this poor dog because of conventional medicine has been living in a cone for over a year. Oh my God. You know, she said, it, you know, she, she said she can take it off when she's eating and when she's on walks and stuff. But if the, if she's not, basically got her hand on her if she didn't have a cone on she's a bloody mess and you know i had another dog that was like that too that she was in a pretty stressful bad situation and she finally got moved out and she found a she found a holistic vet and um they did low dose steroids on her too. So I'll be interested to see how that turns out. But we had gotten, she didn't realize it, but we had gotten a lot of things straightened out. But um, that dog was in a cone for a while too. So anyway, imagine it, I, we should put cones on people's heads and see if they like that. I mean, I get it. They're trying to keep the dog from itching, but was she angry with the vet? I mean, I would have been ticked oh yeah she was yeah but i mean at that point what good does it do you know you she's has been like i said she's a homeopathy student she found homeopathy and she's learning herself and um she um found raw shortly you know the dog was a year and a half or so old when she started doing raw she knew that was a better thing to do and she quit vaccinating and all that stuff. So, you know, she made all the right moves and the more she learned, the, the further away she went, but, um, yeah, it's infuriating that it's heartbreaking when you have, when you have some, somebody that is willing to try it, but they're not willing to stick it out. And then, they get desperate and they go to the vet and they get steroids or something. And you know that that is just 
gonna make everything ten times worse. And you try to say that, but they do it anyway. Yeah. And then it's like it makes it that much harder to fix or to address. And it, you know, at some point there's a point of no return. I mean, you you can pretty much always improve, but you may not ever get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I want to go back to to what you said though. Um, you you where in the world, Neely, is is the argument there that kibble is better than raw? Where where is oh, that? Oh, I don't I don't I don't know. I lost my faith in science a long time ago. But you know, there's just as many um, articles or papers that say that kibble is complete and balanced and appropriate food. Actually, probably more because big dog food pays for them versus you know everybody says where's the studies on raw where's the studies on raw well there's not very many because nobody there's nobody to pay for them because it's not a big industry like that so you know y- y- you can find studies that say anything that doesn't mean they're right it just you know but i've worked in a lab i've i've written grants i've been involved in all that kind of stuff i know how, and i know how it goes um you can't you can't trust any of it. So this whole follow the science is bullshit as far as I'm concerned, because science lost any meaning decades ago. There's no way that a parent, a pet parent would say, I'm going to give you toxic crap. You know, I was I was listening the other day. They were talking about the the uh, fake meat that's out there. Mm-hmm. The Beyond beef. The, they, were, they were trying to make an egg out of a non-chicken <laughs> so it was like and not a real egg and all these companies are kind of failing because nobody wants that food and they were talking about it and they were saying look it's toxic it's just a chem- not toxic they called it a chemical compound of food right mm-hmm. and i'm like well that's exactly what kibble is and they've sold it to dogs forever so you know they're trying to sell it to people yeah. um uh, but yeah, I I don't know that that's the hardest thing, right? That's the hardest well, thing to get people to realize. In my in my mind, anybody that is feeding raw but insists on adding kibble is only doing the raw as a status symbol because they think it's cool. If you really believed in raw, you would be you wouldn't go near kibble. Well, I I don't think that they're trying to be cool because I don't know that they're you know out there telling everybody because i think that there's still this weird well they stigma. don't they they don't believe then there's some other reason but it, they've got to believe that something's missing or why in the hell are they giving kibble i don't know i don't know uh that i think that's what makes our job very hard because we're like i don't i don't understand right i don't yeah. that doesn't make sense but it makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. And we 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 it's like we our job is to to help your dogs be healthy. Right? That's our job. That's our goal. That's our mission. And I sort of feel like a failure sometimes because I'm like, am I just not explaining it correctly? Am I not being compassionate enough? Am I, what, what, what is, what, why, what's wrong with me? Why? What am I missing? (laughs) What, what am I not doing here? And, uh, you know, so some days I'm just like, well, okay. You know, okay. I just say, okay. Because 
it's sort of like um, somebody emailed me the other day and they were saying that they wanted a 3% fat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember this. A 3% fat. And I was like, well, why? Why? (laughs) What? 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 I don't have anything that's 3% fat. I wouldn't sell anything 3% fat. And um, the response was, well, because 3% is actually like 40%. And I I was like, what? You know, I that doesn't even make sense. How can 3% actually be 40% fat? And I shared that with you. You kind of knew what was going on because you knew the program that this particular pet parent was, was operating from there. There's a whole um, program out there where they feed plants, meat. So yeah, plant day, meat day, and plant days and meat days. And fast, and fast days. days. Yeah. And, and, it, and that whole concept was, all right, all of your dog's issues are from the fat and I'm asking you this because you're a, you know, you're a, I not on the high fat bandwagon. Okay. So this concept is, correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you know it better than I do, that all your dog's problems are because of the toxins that are trapped in the fat in the dog. Well, that, I think that's what, I don't know if that's the whole basis of the program, but that's what the email said. She was like, which is true, you know, animals do store toxins and fat but that does not mean that all fat is crammed full of toxins because i mean that one that depends on the toxic exposure and the toxic load of the animal to start with i mean if he's not overburdened with toxins he's not going to store them anywhere he's going to process them and eliminate them so you're not going to have any or, or not very many um and then you have to have you have to have some level of fat for you know, fat soluble vitamins and fatty acids and vitamin D and and all that stuff, right? So you do need some component of fat. And I am definitely not a proponent of high fat, never have been. And the other thing, she was wanting you to give her a a beef blend with three percent fat. Well, there's not any beefs walking around that are three percent fat. So them's the real skinny cows out there. <laughs> you have to, you you have to. I w- I went and looked at um, just average um, percentages of different an- you know you know different animals different proteins have different naturally different different um differing amounts of fat. Just but ba- I mean yeah the way they're raised and the way they're grown has a lot to do with it definitely, um, but. You know, some animals are naturally higher in fat than others. So, you know, like beef and bison, beef are naturally higher in fat, or cows are naturally higher in fat than bison are. That's just the way they're built, um, regardless of how they're raised. Um, so, you know, you have to take that into account too. But that whole 3% is 40%. She was either talking about, um, on a dry, dry matter. matter basis, which is not the way that these percentages are done. These are actually is this percent of this that's in this container by weight. Um, and or or they were looking at um caloric 
too, because, you know, fat is twice as high in calories as, I mean, there's twice as many calories in fat as there is in, in protein in the same amounts. But, um, so realistically, basically what she was saying was, you know, kind of true, but it was taken out of context a little bit. You know, there's other factors to be considered. So not not every prey animal is gonna is gonna have that same toxic load. I mean, that goes back to cancer. That's how you get cancer. It's a toxin storage, basically. Yeah, Body cancer. Uh, we were talking, you know, about that uh, with Dr. Jasek yesterday, and you know, it's so cancer is so crazy to me because if cancer is actually the cells dividing because something has gone wrong and they're trying to survive, but then that division causes all of our other bodily functions to not work properly, then it kills us. I'm just like, what the heck is going on here? They've been studying cancer for. How long? And wh who was it that said, you know, the war on cancer and we're going to find it? That was back in the 60s or 70s or something. That was Nixon that said that, wasn't it? Or was he the war on drugs? I forget. Anyway, um, it, it's a total industry. There's all kinds of ways to cure cancer. There's all kinds of ways to prevent cancer. There, I mean, I, I don't even I don't even acknowledge it. I won't even let it into my sphere of being. I just don't acknowledge it. It's 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 a non-starter for me. And well, you, have, you have to acknowledge it because you deal with it, though. Mm, well, no, I I I don't. I don't. I <laughs> I I actually don't. Um, but it's you know, cancer's been cured tens or hundreds of times over it's just been the information has been squashed and hidden and all because it's a full-on industry and just like heart disease just like diabetes just like all this other stuff i mean all those things have easy cures in 90 95 percent of the situations they're not going to tell you what's really going on and if you're not like doing the experiments yourself you you don't know what's actually going on I, science like i said science is gone completely off the rails and you really can't trust anything that you read in any peer reviewed article anymore i mean the the pharmaceutical uh companies own the journals they own the editors they decide what gets published what gets funded well you're absolutely right about that i was you know reading in the epic times where or was it uh children's health defense which now they're trying to make robert kennedy a conspiracy theorist okay whatever not yeah that he whatever did. yeah <laughs> You know, look, um, if you have the documentation, the real documentation that doesn't get hidden um, and you've got the people that have the issues that you're trying to help, right, then I'm going to listen to you. Um, what I'm not going to listen to is when they start calling names and saying, oh, you can't um, you can't argue with a conspiracy theorist. OK, 
what does that mean? That means I don't want you to hear about this information. Everything, everything now is just so absolutely, everything is backwards. And I don't know how anybody gets caught up in any of the narratives that are going on or even other than just sitting back and watching saying, how did people get so freaking stupid? How, how is anybody believing any of this crap is true? How, right? how is anybody not like see right through this? I mean, it's just beyond stupid. Well, so what, what I was referring to was this 28 year old basketball player, right? He just died um, of car of uh, myocarditis. And he had stated a year ago, that the vaccine had given him myocarditis and that he had to do it to keep playing. Now, there are players, very, very few, that stopped playing in light of that. But he was just doing a stress test and died the other day. Yeah, see, there you go. And I heard that there were, you know, I think I think it was a, I can't remember what sport it was now, but um, he was saying that, you know, that whole thing with the NBA and the NFL and all of the um, the sports leagues that were requiring p- the players to be vaccinated and all that stuff. If you were an established player in a good point in your career or whatever, um, a good portion of them just had the doctor sign their paper. They didn't actually do it. They just said they did and took the took the paper and went on with it. Nobody said anything. If you were an incoming guy or somebody that was struggling to make the team or, you know, second string or whatever, then you didn't get that courtesy. Oh, oh, my gosh. So that's that's why. Um, If you notice, it was all the young guys that had so much trouble and crapped out. Right. Wow. wow. They're struggling to make the struggling to make the team and keep their spot and stay on the roster and all that. Whereas the made guys basically were, you know, they to some degree complied, but not really. And look at, look at Djokovic. Um, he like straight up said, well, I'm not doing that. Whoa. Did you just say <laughs> and, that? <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't mean to. I'm going to have to bleep yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, bleep that. Sorry. Um, but, I mean, he's the number one tennis player in the world for I don't know how many how many years. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. And they w- they threw him out of Australia. And oh, yeah. they, wouldn't, they wouldn't let him play. Uh, they wouldn't let him play most of the majors. And then a couple of weeks ago, he won the French. French Open. It, you know, where... All these other guys that went ahead and did it, they're all crapping out. Mm. Yeah, it's and and so you know when when I look at dogs, um, I I think uh, when things you know things like happen like that, and and we just don't we just don't even recognize that it's 
what we're talking about. And they're not going to recognize it. They are not going to recognize it. So if if you think that you're going to go in and talk to your oncologist or talk to your vet and they're going to say, oh, you're right. It's not the raw food that you're on. It's not the fresh food that you're on. It is all of this other stuff that I promoted and I got paid on and I got commission on. They're not going to mm-hmm. say that. So no, I'm not, they're not. <laughs> so I'm not certain why when we get called or you do a consult that people say, well, I'm going to go talk to my vet. I'm like, well, why did you even call me? Go talk to your vet first, right? Go talk to your vet first, because if they can talk you out of it, then there's no reason for us to have a conversation. I mean, that that's really true. And I think that's where some of that banging my head against the, the door comes in and you too, where we're just like, okay, we, you know, people- I will tell you though, people that the vast majority of people that listen to me and do what I tell them to do and follow through full on follow through are successful. Right. And I, I mean, I've had, I had one, one person just this, this week had another email me with another issue and she did go to the vet, but only to, you know, verify what was happening. And I told her what to do. And she was like, oh, by the way, I had a consult with her about a different dog a while back. And that dog's fixed. I mean, you know, great success with what was happening with that dog. And so, you know, that's that's always really encouraging at this point in time i am having a lot of people that i have talked with previous in the past couple years um they will email me and ask me first before they go to the vet nice which tells me that whatever whatever i had advised them before must have worked or they wouldn't they wouldn't feel comfortable asking me. So, well, this is why I think that uh, it is valuable to work with Neely Piazza. All right. Uh, so many certificates, so many um, studies that you've done. Uh, you know where to go find the information. You can give people the option. All right. You can say, look, here is probably what you're going to experience at the vet. And if they don't tell you what the side effects are, I'm probably going to let you know. And <laughs> uh, and then you can make that decision. And I, I think that if we give people the questions and the answers, <laughs> the cheat sheet, right, before they go in, then that is beneficial. Just like I don't think, Neely, that vets expect for pet parents to come back and say, Hey, you know that prescription diet? It's a kibble. Okay, there. What is prescription? Don't even ask them that because there's nothing prescription in there. Um, but they probably don't know that 98% of all recalls, all recalls came from the kibble food. 98%. So you can ask them, okay, so let me just make sure. Dr. Whitecoat, this is what you're recommending. You're recommending that for my dog, 
who's in an immune compromised or a nutritionally compromised or skin compromised or a gastrointestinal compromised situation. Let me just make sure I understand it correctly. You want my dog to eat a food that has a 98% recall attached to it. Is that correct? Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> well, <laughs> And, and if they and if they don't believe you, then you can come to us or you can go to Susan Thixton on her website. All that's documented. I'm not pulling it out of my sphincter. Documented from the FDA. I don't even like them. And uh, Oh, no, the FDA needs to go away. The FDA and, and, totally needs to go away. Yeah. And so, uh, but that is documented, but you know, you can be very nice and just say, I just want to make sure I understand that this is what you're recommending. This is what you're signing off on. This is what your expertise, all that schooling that you have, this is what you're telling me as a doctor of health that took an oath that said, first, do no harm. I'm just wanting to know. Well, then they're going to just call you stupid. That's all right. I've been called worse. I mean, but how are you being called stupid? How how are you being called stupid when you are just stating facts? Well, they twisted around. That happened. That's happened to me several times. You call them out on it. And it's like, well, I'm the one that went to school for it. And I'm the one that knows what I'm talking about. And you're just a you just work at a kennel. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but They don't know you from come here. They don't know. Come here I, know, from I know, but you. that's what they say. I've, 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 I've heard that more than once. And I'm like, mm, okay. Yeah, no, I, that is, a, that is one of the top responses is that I went to school. Okay. But who owns the information of the school that you went to? I mean, you know, you, the funny part is I was in, I, I was in school, uh, at least 10 years longer than any of them. So. And you and you weren't being uh and you weren't being influenced by <laughs> the powers that be and that and that really is the question. And I, mean, I still figured it out. <laughs> you know, but here here's the thing, Neely. Just exactly what they have said. Okay, I I want to take what they have said. Their words, not ours. Their words. We're the ones that went to school. We're the doctors. All right. Cool. How did you come to recommend a vaccine that is causing major adverse uh, effects and major deaths in our country? How, how is that? You are the doctor after all, because here's the excuse I've heard. Well, we were just doing what we were told. What? Wait a minute. It can't, you can't ride uh, one. You can't, let's see. What is that? What is the saying? You can't ride a horse with two asses, one horse with two asses. Is that the saying? I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something like that. You, you can't, can't, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Is that what you're trying to say? That's it. I mean, that's probably a better one, <laughs> whatever you can, you can't go on, but one, one is not true. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. I mean, you, this is a thing. You can't have it both ways. Well, I, I, what I hear is, oh, there's no proof of that. Oh, you can't prove that. Oh, that's not true. Or that's just a, that's just an old wives tale. Or Well, here's know, what I would say to that. Well, why can't I prove it? 
Well, I don't, I don't know. You're arguing with the choir. I mean, th this is the whole point. I mean, there's, I, I see zero reason to go in the first place. Look, people are going to go. People are going to go because they are afraid that if they don't go, that something's going to happen to their dogs and then they're going to feel terrible. So they're going to go. They're going to go. Now, the question is, how can you go and keep your dog safe? Really, that is the ultimate question. How do I go and keep my dog safe? Well, don't let them inject them with anything and don't let them put anything in their mouth. There you go. You can run a test. You want to run a test, run a test. But before you put anything in their veins or put it in their mouth, you need to understand what the consequences could be. Right? Because it does seem like that pet parents just want the information. It's sort of like, you know, I've said, if, if your dog has cancer, but you know that if your dog has cancer, you're not going to put them through chemotherapy. You're not going to do surgery. Well, yeah, a lot of times the question is, well, regardless of how this test comes back, is how is that going to change what I'm going to do? Right. Most of the time it's not. So what's the point? I'm just right. giving away two or $300 for no reason. Right. And the best thing you can do for any situation when a pet is sick or having issues is clean up the diet, clean up the toxins. Um, and you're not going to go wrong doing that. It, mm -mm. It, if your dog's in pain, there are good pain relievers that we can do. If it's end of stage, does it matter? If it, if it's truly the end of stage, right? There, there's always going to be that, that situation, Niels, where, we're going to do whatever we can to save our pets. But the question is, the, is what you're going to do actually going to save them? Or is it just going to be like us, you know. They're just prolonging the, the suffering. Yeah, which is what my, my cousin was asking me, you know, about this Yorkie. She was saying. You know, he had that tumor on his liver and. He started getting a fluid around the heart and they were doing the latex shots to help get the fluids out, I guess. Oh, it's Lasix. Just, Lasix. I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, latex. That wouldn't be good, would it? No, I was like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> hey, let me shoot a little rubber in there. Uh, but the, <laughs> but the, um, her question was, am I just prolonging the inevitable, right? And so, you know, that that is always the question. That is always the question that, that pet parents have. And it's a tough one. It's a, Well, it's a, and it depends on, it depends on why. If the dog's happy and interacting and comfortable, then, you know, whatever. Well, Give he it wasn't. Whatever it wants, but... If they're not, if you're just keeping them alive for the sake of keeping them alive, then that's something to kind of consider. I mean, everybody's going to come up with a different answer to that, but 
you know what? And and this dog just passed away at home, which is what most of us wish would happen, right? Yeah. And uh, as hard as that is, I I I I personally think it's harder as I have been through holding an animal and having that you know uh, injection at that point because that that's just yeah. That's tough. I, you know, most pet parents pray that their animals will just pass on naturally. And unfortunately that doesn't seem to happen very often, but, but yeah, he, he was having trouble breathing and that sort of thing, but it's so hard. It's so very hard and God bless her. I mean, she went to a holistic vet and her own vet and worked with us for a short amount of time. Um, you know, and, uh, that that was a that yeah, it was hard. It was hard on. I don't know. We don't we don't have all the answers uh for that, but but we do know this. Um toxins will never make a pet healthy. Yeah. And all pharmaceuticals are toxins. Well, and kibble's pretty toxic. Um, no, kibble too, yeah. I already know. said that though. Yeah. Well, you you can you <laughs> You can look up the ingredients and uh, and just the allowances that the FDA allow in certain things like animal digest, animal animal byproducts, that sort of thing. Um, they let a lot of things through. Well, so, look at the look at the ingredients and ask yourself: Would you eat any of that? Neely, have you turned? I I know you eat whole foods, but turn over just um a package of, I don't know, even chicken, right? Chicken, uh, let's just say uh, raw chicken in the grocery store. It doesn't just say raw chicken. Oh, yeah, anything? it's got all the injected um, plump, plump up stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's like acid this and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I mean. It's all to make it look pretty and plump. Right. And then when they get the raw food, they're like, oh, it doesn't look like the stuff in a grocery store. Why? Because we don't add stuff to it. Don't add all that crap to it. Right. So, I mean, but if you're hard pressed. You're hard pressed even at the grocery store to find anything that is just that. A banana is a banana, but is it organic or not organic? I mean, okay. But, right? You have to stay on that outsides or everything everything that you pick up first of all if you don't have your glasses on you can't even read it because it's so dang small i know i know it's gotten to where yeah you have to have not only glasses but a magnifying glass too in order to read labels everything down so little (laughs) well and here's the thing even if i can't read it i know there's a big block of stuff that goes on yeah days. yeah yeah if that yeah exactly it's like oh there's i don't even have to read that 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 list is too long yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just like it's 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 uh i don't know it's hard pressed to to find good food but here's the thing you can do the best that you can do and that's get your dogs on a species appropriate diet um get them off the kibble if there is nothing good about kibble sorry i just nothing 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 yeah, nothing um, no redeeming qualities. There's nothing good about pharmaceuticals either. So get over to Raw Dog Food and Company. Get your dog on a species-appropriate diet. But you also want to work with somebody like Neely Piazza, all right? Um, 
And like she said, one of the benefits of working with Neely and becoming one of her clients is that when that time comes that you might need to go to the vet, you can contact Neely and talk it over with her first. And you can probably get informed consent on this side uh, versus that side. And, you know, I don't know. You you can just ask the questions. You can ask the questions that you may not get answered at the vet. Um, You can get help from Neely in regards to what you might need to ask. Uh, But that's what you guys want to do. You want to get over, sign up with Neely Piazza. You can do it through my website, which is rawdogfoodandcompany.com. She's in the expert section. Or you can go to Neely's website, which is whole, W-H-O-L-E, wholeanimalwellness.com. Wholeanimalwellness.com. That's where Miss Neely is. All right, Neely, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. We appreciate you. I love y'all too. Here at rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where your pet's health is our business. And what, Neely? Friends don't let friends feed kibble. Never. Okay. Bye Never. now. Bye. Bye, y'all. Oh, snap. Snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. Snap. <laughs>